hello and welcome to another episode of the Magic Beans Evergreen Casts. My name is Cracker. I am joined by my good mate here, Chewy. How you doing, mate? Good, mate. How are you? Very well. Very well. We are, we've got a topic tonight that is very different from our standard fare of magic discussion. So, no metagames, no specific decks or anything like that. We're, we're talking about some magic lingo here this evening. So, the magic terminology we're going to talk about is player names. So, this is something you'll come across in different um, scenarios where people will say, oh, that guy's a spike. And you're like, well, what does a spike mean? And it turns out that there is a whole series of different ways that wizards identify as players. And what they do is they have given each of these players a specific term, and those terms refer to the way that they like to engage with the game. We've all been pigeonholed, I'm sorry. Um, we've all been pigeonholed. We have, absolutely. But it means that when, when their R&D department are putting together a set, that they will look at the card pool that they've got, and they'll go, we need a card for a Timmy, right? And you'll be like, well, what is a Timmy? So, that's what we're going to do here. We're going to have a quick chat about the different player types and kind of the cards that typically appeal to them. Why did poll all the beans earlier on and ask them how they identify themselves? I thought we'd have a quick chat about that, which I thought was interesting because not everyone is exactly as I would have pegged them. So, I'm, I'm curious to see where you kind of had put people as well. So we'll, Sorry, we'll get I'm still stuck on bean poll, but yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Of course you are. Uh, so, oh man, that's a great thing. We're going to have to start using that, aren't the we? The bean pole, yeah. The wow. bean poles, yeah. You heard like, it here live, folks. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You can uh, just thank me later. Yep. <laughs> you can pay us in royalties of beans. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, let's let's just start from the top. So, as I said, these are these these all came from a guy called Maro, Mark Rosewater. So, he is kind of like- one of the heads of design. He's the head designer, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's been, a, um, been around, uh, involved in uh, Magic's design and, and you know, development for a really, really long time. Yes, very long time, like nearly 20 years or something like that. He's so, brilliant. I just, his voice is annoying. Uh, but yeah, he, he does have topic. his own podcast. Yes. Um, Drive to work? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so he, um, he kind of outlined uh, a few of these. A number of years ago now, probably like 10 years ago, maybe even a bit longer. And then they've actually kind of added to them as they've gone. So, let's start, Chewy. Who is the first player type off the ranks here? Uh, well, we've got the Timmy or the, the Tammy uh, mm-hmm. player, which is the, the, the type of player that likes like just casting like the biggest, most dominant creature uh that they that they can so tend to gravitate towards green uh, by default because that's what uh, puts giant monsters into play because they've got the the mana ramp. Uh, when I think of Timmy's and Tammy's, I think of uh, you know the Eldrazi Titans and and people who build decks just to uh, put those into play and uh, you know and Timmy and Tammy aren't necessarily restricted to creatures. Sometimes they mm-hmm. like just you know, big spells in general. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I, th- I think of like villainous wealth or like these huge cruel kind of- ultimatum and, and yeah, things like exactly. that. exactly. These right? big kind of splashy effects. So, you'll find that quite often these are cards that have got like X in their converted mana cost, which lets you just throw a huge amount of mana into it. Well, I think, um, I think the key here is big mana. So, big, big mana. Yeah, big mana. So, whether that, you know, they, they like 
you know, uh, rampant growth type effects or lots of, you know, soul rings and signets and uh, things to just kind of, yeah, cheat or, or ways to cheat out these big things like uh, sneak attacks and show and tells and tooth and nail is a classic mm-hmm. Timmy card. So it sure is. And, and you'll find that Timmy's quite often tend to be new players because these kind of cards, they're like dragons and they're, you know, they're dinosaurs or demons or these giant evocative creature types that um, new players tend to kind of gravitate, well, gravitate towards. Yeah, it's one of some of the things that kind of attract people to the game. So Tammy's and, and Timmy's uh, would 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 look at a, a card and go, well, oh, I like I like dragons, you know. So it's a uh, uh, the classic, you know, harkening right back to the original, you know, uh, alpha set in Magic uh, would have been, you know, Shivan Dragon, Senga Vampire, like that, yep. uh, uh, Sarah Angels. That they were the 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 biggest things going at the time, and you know, a lot of players were attracted to those cards, and you know, still play the game today because of those. So. They're, uh, they've always been and always will be. And it's interesting, uh, in your intro where the, uh, the design team factors in these types of players. I'd not actually really given that a lot of thought. Uh, yeah. but I, I had noticed a shift, uh, in, uh, cards included in, in sets with the popularity of Commander. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's an interesting lens to view a, a, uh, a preview season with where it's like, that's the card for the Timmies and Tammies right there. That's the uh, that's the giant thing. So yeah, absolutely. So then from Timmies and Tammies, we've got there's a few more um, types. So what's the next one we've got on our ranks here? Uh, we've got the Jennies and the Johnnies, who uh, they're they're kind of the thinkers of, of the group, I guess. Uh, the the complex and creative decks. They're the 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 Johnnies and Jennies are the sort of people that figure out that. If you go to activate your chromatic star, you have to tap it and then you've got to pay the mana cost and sack everything to your crack clan ironworks and away we go. Uh, it wouldn't be a cast without mentioning KCI, but it, it, it would not. <laughs> in fact, the, uh, the mirror retriever, sack my mirror retriever, it, there's a Johnny card in one of the silver boarded sets that refers to like part of the combo Chewie's just talking about. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. It's yeah, a, there's- it's the game, the intricacies of the game appeal to, to this player, I guess, is the, the crux of it, right? Yeah, they're, they're looking to put together a, a series of cards that have a game-ending effect. So, um, there's like I said, there's literally a card called Johnny the Combo Player, um, you know, in, in one of the unhinged or unglued sets. So, um, it's it's another way that people like to engage with, you know, the game. It's, it's a whole different axis. So, they're not necessarily interested in a single giant spell, but a whole series of um, smaller interleaving spells that you know absolutely and um i will uh correct you is the wrong term but you said that game ending it doesn't have to be game ending it just has to be it just has to be cool right so that's yeah no that's a good point it just it just has to do a thing and 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 that's pretty cool because the the mechanics of magic uh are really unique and and the ability to do that is um is great so you know be that you know like i um I cast a Fibblethip and then I used Thassa to, to blink it and I drew an extra card and that was awesome, right? So mm. it's uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be 
Uh, kind of. I think that falls more under the, and we can jump in here now, to the Melvin and Melanie category. So, Ooh, that tends okay. to be, and, and this is where, like, there are no hard and fast rules here, right? Well, and I, I think- When we look at the players, we'll- all have shades of these in us. Like most things, it, it can be a, uh, a spectrum. Uh, Absolutely, and and where your individual needle sits on that spectrum is is as individual as you are. So it's um, yeah. Uh, so the tell us about Melvins and Melanies. Yeah, so they're kind of classed as like the mechanic player. So they like to really dive deep into like. Uh, We've, we've chatted about affinity with, with your deck before, right? Yep. One of your old favourites. And and modular being one of the key effects in that. And so, you kind of look at these different um, ways of interacting by maximising the tools that R&D have built in. And so, these players tend to be really interested in the process of how a set is structured and not understanding that, you know, there's a whole team of people at Wizards who are, you know, a bunch of very smart people who have put these toys in front of us and what can I do and what sweet interactions are there kind of built into these cards that I've got in front of me. So, not necessarily looking for massive combos and those kinds of things, but they're interested in the minutia. They're interested in in kind of lots of, you know, I, I tick this up and I, I tap this to remove this and, and kind of these synergistic approaches. Yeah, a lot of lot of small incremental game actions that sort of snowball up to um, form a coherent and often powerful strategy, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's uh I guess any one of these, you know, Melvin's Melanies, Jenny's Johnny's, Tammy's Timmy's could also be spikes, right? Uh, at, mm. at any given time. So, uh, a spike is kind of the, I'm here to win it. I'm in it to win it at all costs. I, I don't care if this deck's really unfun to play. It's the best deck. So, that's what I'm here to do. So, I'm, I'm going to play this deck and, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm here to win. I'm, I'm here to get the, the sweet foils or to top eight this event or, uh, whatever prizes on the line, bragging rights across the kitchen table with my mate. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a. Li- it's all about hitting mythic on arena. It's all about qualifying for the pro tour. It's all about winning, right? Regardless yeah. of whether it's mono red or control or, or whatever the strategy is, they will find the very best thing that they can do, and they will spend as much time as they can um, improving on their skills to be the very best they can. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think there's you know the the spike is the. Probably the the most polarizing of the player types, where Definitely. a uh, I, I think having a little bit of a spike attitude is a really good thing because it um, it it's a driver to be focused and um, you know constant improvement. But you also don't want to alienate other players and and come across as you know sort of. Uh, unsocial or elitist or, or any sort of other negative connotation I can think of. So like, like I mentioned earlier, it's a, it's a spectrum. <laughs> it's a scale. Uh, it is. and, uh, yeah, I guess as magic players, uh, we've got to, uh, we've got to be, uh, conscious of where we sit on that. We're lucky in the beans. Uh, if someone's getting ahead of themselves, uh, the others generally <laughs> bring them down a peg pretty quickly, <laughs> yes. which is uh, which very, is really good. Quickly. So, yeah. So the um, there's a spike silver border card as well from memory as well. So there is, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, it's a. Um, I, I think as uh, there are definite spikes 
as as a hard and fast category of players, but I think all of the other player types that we've spoken about so far uh, can all definitely have Spike as as part of them. Yeah. Yeah. But probably the polar opposite to the Spike. Yeah. Would be the the, the next one. This one's called the Vorthos. And this was one that was kind of created off the back of community push, which is interesting because all the others were were um, sort of, as I said, come up, came up from R&D. But a Vorthos is someone who is what you would call the flavor player, right? They are the one who builds a deck around the story. They're the ones that know that there is a magic story. They're the ones that follow the law. They'll tell you about the Brothers War or, you know, um, you know, Bolas versus Ugin and, and the centuries that that's raged on for and, and those kinds of things that some players, like Spikes, don't care, right? Like, I remember hearing Ben Stark talk once about the fact that magic cards could be blank pieces of cardboard with rules text on it for all he cared. He just likes the interactions and he is what you would call a Spike, right? Dude's in the Hall of Fame, so he's clearly very good at what he does. It, it works and for him, yeah. yeah. It, it does. Um, and then there are other players who... They want the pieces of art on their wall. They they fall in love with the, the art style of a particular, you know, artist and they'll go out of the way to, like, collect all of the lands of a particular type. Or, so, they're kind of really into the the story element. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember uh, I've got an example of, of that. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, quick tangent. Um, uh, Chris, uh, Polywaffle from the cast, um, his wife uh, reached out to me in Chris's earlier days of, of playing Magic and she's like, his birthday's coming up. Oh, Father's Day it may have been. I uh, want to get him something magic related. And Chris was playing Merfolk in Modern at the time. And it wasn't long after, and it's a story I've told before, where uh, Chris won his first event. He three out of the first time he won a tournament. And he did that with the Merfolk deck. And um, and I said, oh, what what if you got him something to do with the, the, the art? So I looked up the artist and the, the um, Lord of Atlantis, which is the the – Blue, blue, and two, all the other Murphy get plus one, plus one, and Island Walk. Um, you can get him a play mat with that art on it. And I, I sent that off to, to Chris's wife, the, the link, and she's like, not super comfortable with, you know, the semi naked fantasy mermaid. And I went, Oh, do you know what? I've looked at that card a thousand times and never noticed it because all I looked at, when I looked at it, I went, all those other creatures got bigger, and there's a spreading. I'm probably going to se- die soon. <laughs> yeah, there's a spreading season in my land, and, and I'm going to get beat down. So, it's uh, I guess that's an illustration of uh, uh, the different player types right there, where you know the art was uh, something that I knew Chris would enjoy because you know he has a, uh, a connection a to connection the card to that and, card. And the way yeah, that it worked. Yeah, absolutely. And I, but yeah, I, I looked at the card from a completely different axis and didn't even think that yeah, there's. Uh, um, you know, it, it's old art and magic art's come a long way. Um, it has. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I guess an illustration of, you know, people see different things when they look at magic cards and, uh, the Vorthos player just cares about the, the, the flavor and, and how the cards inter, not so much interact from a game on the battlefield perspective, but how, uh, how they got there, I suppose, is the, uh, from a storyline perspective, as you said. And I was yeah. actually wasn't aware of the Vorthos uh, player type, but you'd mentioned it a few times. And oh, yeah, the Spikes and Jennies and Johnnies and Timmies and Tammies, uh, I was, you know, uh, aware of just through sort of sure. exposure. But then 
what did y'all say? What is what, what is what, Cracker on about? What, what is this Vorthos? Vorthos. <laughs> Yeah. It, I mean, it sounds like a commander card to me. Um, so, you know, I, uh, it took me a little while to, to figure it out. And, um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's something that I'm interested in as a player from, um, depending on the, the setting on the set, like some magic sets, I'm focused on the, uh, you know, what's the cool card? What's the best deck? Um, yeah, you know, give us some cool art in this one, or or what have you. But then some storylines just really grab you, right? So they're, they're epic enough to um, to appeal. But um, you know, again, everything's a scale, so it has to. The storyline has to appeal to me personally in a particular way for me to buy in. Where other people, uh, that's what they're really looking for. So yeah, it's yeah. A, it's really interesting. So, so a, a quick recap before we get into the to the sure. to the the bean pole. So, Timmy's and Tammy's like big splashy spells and, and giant creatures. Jenny's and Johnny's like the complex and creative decks. They, they like the, the combo. Uh, Spikes, they just care about their results. They care about winning. Melanie's and Melvin's, uh, yeah, your mechanic players. They, they like lots and lots of game actions and the intricacies of the game. And Vorthos care about the lore and the fluff behind it. So... Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> fluff behind it. Clearly, Chewy is a heavy Vorthos. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was actually He's borrowing a term. I, I borrowed borrowed that term from um, from Warhammer. So the uh, the backstory uh, and such is uh, uh, referred to colloquially uh, by the community as as fluff. But sure. funnily enough, in that game, in, in that genre. Uh, I I would class myself as a Vorthos. It is the lore sure. and such that appeals to me more than the the gameplay itself. So there you go. Um, so diff- right. different game, different player type. There you go. Yeah. So mate, given that you you don't clearly class yourself as a, as a Vorthos here, how do you identify as one of these player types or multiples? Where where would you put yourself on this spectrum? Uh, it is um, I guess something that I. I'm a mix, right? Where there's, there's no sort of, no sort of hard and fast category that I, I fit into. But, you know, I've mentioned the, um, a particular combo deck and, and my love for it a number of times. So I, I would definitely be, uh, a Johnny. Uh, I, I enjoy the, the combo decks. Um, but I also enjoy the, uh, the, the mechanics as well. And I, I think there's some synergy, if you, if, if you pardon the pun, between, um, the, the Melvins and the, and the, and the Johnnies. Um, I, I think there is, uh, a lot of people. There's a lot of crossover there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but, you know, I like hard and fast combo decks. Like, like I'll play Storm. Uh, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll play Crack Clan Ironworks, but I also really like mid range decks that have a lot of synergies, uh, amongst the cards where it's like, I, you know, I'm going to do this effect, and in my mind, this give, this is half a card advantage. So I have to do one of those things, and then I'll I'll my card up. Therefore, I'm ahead in the game, and and things like that. Um, but I'm also like, if, if there's a dish that I'm serving, you know, I, I I've got a, a a decent side salad of spike in that as well. I do enjoy the competition in Magic, and I enjoy improving and 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 getting better. Uh, but that. That is something that the being of the spike is something that I've learned to temper over time because for me personally, that is something that, uh, you know, can focus, can become the focus. 
and and I lose sight of uh, the other aspects of the game that I enjoy. So the uh, being a spike is definitely part of my magic interaction, the way that I interact with the game, but uh, it's not the uh, not the primary driver. But yeah, uh, combo combos and and synergies are me. So yeah, what mm. about what about you? I'm pretty much the same actually. I, I mean, in case you can't tell, love me some reanimation, right? Mm-hmm. Love these kind of combo finishes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have a real draw towards those kind of setup with payoff. It's kind like, of. oh, look, I did a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I really enjoy, you know, doing a thing. And so, like, you know, the, the examples are, I mean, if you've never listened to any of our podcasts before, welcome. Thank you for listening. I I have a real I play um, Living End in Modern, which is a deck where you spend the early turns, you know, cycling creatures into the graveyard, and then ultimately you cascade, you cast a spell to cast another spell to get them all back for you know a very small amount of mana. And the idea being that it's kind of almost like a combo finish. So you can do it during you know people's end step. So you effectively give your creatures haste because you untap and you attack them with a bunch of stuff. So that really. Um, appeals to me and then you know like the legacy that i've played have been with you know like reanimator which is another combo deck or in modern like one of the other decks that i played for a while was um was cheerios right which is just purely a combo deck where you're literally just trying to cast as many zero mana artifacts as you can before you cast a grape shot which is a storm card to to kill your opponent so like that side of it really appeals to me yeah i'm thinking Um, about your um your commander decks uh, yeah. as, as well. I think that's always a, a good, you know, the, the type of commander deck that people play is probably a good indication of their- uh, um, Preferences. Their preferences. If they're a spike, yeah. purely a spike, they don't play commander um, or they play a turn three combo deck. Um, that is accurate. Yes. Um, but your um, Locust God- the Locust God. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, is is definitely a, uh, a combo finish, but it's also built- around synergies as well. Uh, it has that I win button, but it can also just out-synergize everybody else as well. So um, that's probably a good sort of shortcut to, you know, what type of player people are where they – and there'll be people, you know, myself, I've got different commander decks that do different things because yeah. there's, there's an itch that I like scratching. I've got a Timmy sure. um, commander deck and, you know, I'll play it for a bit and then I'll chuck it away and, you know, go back to something that's more combo-centric or something that's more – synergistic like the uh the five color enchantments i just want to put all the hondas in play you know and that's why not and that's cool i mean (laughs) you know i i opened a um oh i don't remember what he's called now but i opened a zombie lord joseph vess is what he's called from a few sets ago he's Mm. liliana versus brother the kicker guy right he's a kicker guy right so he's a four five with menace but you can pay like oh some insane amount it's like eight or ten mana or something like that and he brings a bunch of like two two zombie menace dudes so i i really enjoy the zombie tribe and i went hey i'm gonna build like a mono black zombie deck so that's it it's not very this is in commander this is not a powerful strategy but it's fun and yeah. i enjoy going i have like a bunch of zombie things and that's that's kind of like the the volthos side i guess which is um which is a small part of what i'm into um but i also do like casting some some timmy spells right just some some big giant over the top hilarious things you know it, it, it is cool and look i i do enjoy cast a few emeralds in your day yeah, I have, I have, and it, it's always met with a yarg, like you know, giant thing where you know it does, it does tickle you a little bit, and and like you said, um, it it does the the Tammies and Timmies 
often new players and, and and we're not dissing new players at all no, or, or, no, or Tammy's and Timmy's here because um, I do enjoy casting an Emrick or, or a, uh, any other Eldrazi Titan or, or um, you know Primeval Titan right it's all mm-hmm. it's all uh, it's all really fun but when you do cast a giant thing you're playing limited and you go here's my Colossal Dreadmore and you look at the battlefield and you're like I got the biggest guy like yep. you know it doesn't matter how long you've been playing Magic or what level you're playing at it's a good feeling so, it absolutely is. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, what about some of the other beans? Um, yeah. How, how would you, well, how did Shorty describe himself? I'm, uh, I'm interested to hear this one. So, Shorty described himself as a Johnny with Spike. So, all, all of the beans kind of put down a couple of different ways that they see themselves. And I think this is pretty on point for Shorty. He's, I, I may, I don't know exactly about the order of things shorty is definitely the, the spikiest in our crew i would say um, yeah i agree with that definitely followed and, and by me not, yeah and not in any kind of negative way it's just you know he a L- little bit negative he's yeah no <laughs> he's 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 always he's always got the eye of what's my out how do i win what's the line what's the best card right he's always looking for those small edges which is great right that's that's how you you do well in this um and, you know, we've talked about Shorty and his, his love for blue-red decks and, you know, that kind of similar to, to me, you know, like he one of the decks that he enjoyed the most in recent history was um, the Arclight Phoenix deck in Modern, right? Yes. So, yeah, and throwing, a bunch of, it had throwing a-, a bunch of creatures in the graveyard and then bringing them all back in, in a, like a combo-esque kind of turn where you chain a bunch of spells together and, and have a powerful effect. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, and I, I think, yeah... Johnny Spike, not Spike Johnny, is probably how I would describe Shorty. Like he's definitely the most spiky, but he's not. Yeah. He's not predominantly a a, a spike player. No, so. and that's that's the way he described himself as well. Yeah, yeah. So, what about our mate Chris? How does Chris put himself? Chris, down? Chris plays more forests than the rest of us, so uh, I, I would probably put him in the um, the the Timmy camp, but he also probably more recently has gotten a little more combo focused. Like he played hardened scales um, for, for quite some time there. And that was probably, you know, one of the most Johnny decks in, in the history of magic um, with the, uh, the hardened scales and the amount of plus one counters that get moved around. See, I think that's more Melvin. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so that's, that's yeah. where I think. So Chris just, just, you know, Chris has put himself down as a Johnny and a Timmy. Okay. Right. Yep. And so I, I mean, clearly Timmy has to be in there somewhere. He's, you know, if you've followed along in Pioneer, all he wants to do is cast all the mogs often and early. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Exile permanents and libraries and the like. You know, he 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 loves his you know primeval titans and you know bounce lands and all that kind of stuff. So so chris likes to to play the big ramp strategies yeah but um, he's also like he he's played a lot of um amulet of vigor which is definitely a melvin card right yeah yeah, yeah. or even like aether vile in in merfolk and things like that so i wouldn't call that kind of a combo focus but chris i mean and and it, again a good example of this is chris's commander deck he plays Attracts the super friends. So, it's a four-color deck with as many planeswalkers as he can cram into it. And so, he takes a lot of very small interactions on, on every turn that he can. So, that's kind of 
the way that I see Chris kind of yeah. playing things out. Yep, absolutely. Uh, yeah, and what about uh, what about our newest bean yeah, in stew? In stew. Stew has said here's Timmy with uh, the appropriate South Park meme to go with it and a Johnny <laughs> as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd, uh, I agree with that. I, I think stew is uh, new enough to the game where he, he's on on the journey still. Uh, yep. I'm not sure where he will, and he may he may not change from from where he is. He may really love the way that he interacts with the game currently, but um, I could see him going on a bit of a journey uh, and then you know landing somewhere eventually. But yeah, definitely snapshot uh, when we're recording this, um, he would be definitely more Timmy and, and Johnny. I agree with that. So I guess like if we look at us as collective, we've probably got some sort of rounding about us. So, you know, if, if I'm a, if I'm a, uh, a, a Johnny and a Melvin, uh, and you're, you're, you know, the most Vorthos of us all, Shorty's the most spiky. We've got, uh, yeah, Chris is similar to me in some ways, but a lot more Timmy. Um, mm-hmm. and then, 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 uh, Stu with his Timmy Johnny. We've got pretty much everything covered, I think. Maybe that's why we work because we're, we're all sort of looking at things from slightly different perspectives. Yeah, we do. We all really enjoy different elements of the game, which is great, right? That's what's so awesome about it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And um, I think I think with Chris, I've seen the spikiness bubble to the surface every now and then, which is pretty fun. But um, but yeah, uh, I guess for for those listening at home, I'd be uh, interested to uh, you know. Next time you next time you're playing with your friends or, or or what have you, just sort of you know look around the room or at your local F and M, and yeah, you can kind of start to uh, identify some of those traits uh, with people with uh, you know not just the decks they play, but uh, who 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 they are and what attracts them to the game. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. So I I guess kind of in summary, there's a question here: is like, well, how is this useful? For the most part, it's not right. It's it's an interesting thought exercise in in many respects as to like looking at like favorite cards and and decks that we like and seeing how perhaps you know Wizards is building things towards us, right? And and the different elements that they're aiming towards and and understanding when you look at a set, you go, well, why is that card here? That's such a stupid card. And then the person next to be like, oh my goodness. Did you see this card? It's amazing. And it'll be like people will have polar opposite reactions to things. So, yeah, keep I, in mind that you, you kind of have a full spectrum of people that wizards are targeting. And not everything is going to be like the next busted card in, in standard or modern. And not everything's going to be like a storybook card either. Exactly. And I think it's um, – yeah, I, I think the point you make there is is a really good one. It's understanding these categories helps you understand other people within the community and yeah. um, understanding what drives them because everyone's different. And if everyone thought the same, then, you know, things would be really boring. But one of the things I think Wizards have done really well in recent years is not just make cards that appeal to to these individual player types, but make single cards appeal to multiples. So the card that yes. um, springs to mind, well, um, uh, no, I'm not talking about spring to mind from <laughs> the Emmanuel set. Um, <laughs> uh, it was from um, the, uh, I think it was the second Innistrad block where there was the, uh, I can never remember the name of the land, but um, yeah, it was a, a, a 
a colorless land that, where you could pay five mana and it made a cleric, and then you could um, sacrifice, I think, five creatures and the land transformed into some giant demon thing, right? So yep. super spiky card also appealed to the um, to the mechanic player. It appealed to the Timmy because it made like a 9-7 trampler. Uh, you know, it made a big giant thing that, you know, was effectively uncounterable. But yep. for all the Vorthos type players out there, like the flavor of that uh, was absolutely incredible. And, you know, that was one of the cards that, um, you know, when I said that um, the storyline has to be really cool to really grab me, that mm-hmm. clip, I'm talking about this card and it's a, you know, uh, seven or eight year old set now. It's, uh, and I'm still talking about it because they just nailed it. So, well, every now and then they'll get, they'll get those sorts of cards. Uh, and the whole Throne of Eldraine set, right? Like every- Yeah, I was going to say Once Upon a Time is a really good example of that where it, we, we were talking about the spit, the set when it got spoiled and it was, um, was Shorty and, um, Blaster Boy and I were having a chat and yep. he's like, oh, have you seen this card? It's called Once Upon a Time. It looks like it's it's really cool and I really like the idea of what's going on. And Shorty and I just burst out laughing because we're like, dude, that card is snapped in half broken. It's going to be banned in a bunch of sets. Yeah. Right. And we were looking at it from purely like a how, how nuts is this in standard kind of thing. And it was the spikiest card because it was a free spell. But Scott was like, this thing's awesome because it's talking, it's literally once upon a time. And it was the start of this whole story set, you know, around, you know, King the Arthurian legends kind of thing with a wizard's take on it. So, it's interesting that, yeah, they've done a really good job of, of bridging that gap of kind of um, getting players to engage, multiple different types of players to engage with a single card is like props. Well done. Yeah, and I guess that's that's the goal from the R and D team. So um, yeah, yeah, and and also you know like the creative side because you know they're the ones who are putting the the art on it and the names and that kind of stuff more than just the mechanics and and getting them to kind of all join up. Yeah, it shows that people are actually working together, which is uh, you know hasn't always been as evident. So yes. yeah, so it's, it's, nice. it's great. So if you're um, if you're unsure. Um, what sort of magic player you are? Don't don't be worried if you don't fit into one of these uh, pigeonholes. Doesn't matter. Spe- specifically, no, um, you know, I said I've, as I said in my description, I I uh, I relate to three of these. Um, but then I just talked about uh, the flavor. So you know, maybe there's an, a, a little teaspoon of Vorthos in in there somewhere. So you know, that that's what makes this game great, and that's what makes the players that play the game great, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, the only other thing that I can think of that this information might be useful for is sometimes players will identify their deck in this way. Now, this is kind of leaning specifically towards Commander when you're not talking about I'm playing Burn or something like that, right? But people will say, oh, hey, I've got a Locust God deck. And they're like, okay, so like, what does that look like? And I'm like, oh, it's a bit of a Johnny deck, right? And I'll be like, "It's it's got some combos in here and like it... It can go infinite and, you know, like it can do some silly things. And other people will be like, with my Josu Vest deck, I'll be like, oh, total Vorthos, right? Like uh, there's no combos. It's got some removal spells. I'm just trying to make a bunch of zombies. And so sometimes people will use that terminology to convey the theme of their deck and how it's been constructed and stuff. So and I think you, you'll find that in the more casual circles, which we talked about. And this is kind of, you know, the more casual side, which we don't dive into a lot but no but i think it's really a, important commander for, is the most important format it most important or well is it's most played format. most played I mean. format yeah so if yes. you're a um you know if, if you're a commander player and you're like oh i've 
going to expand my playgroup and go to your your local game store on, you know, the designated commander night or actually most yeah. – you can probably find a game of commander going generally. You know, it's often a, a, a question that you would ask or be asked before you sit down with a new group because if everybody's sitting around with a bunch of Orthos decks and you rock up with the spikiest deck ever, then, you know, they're probably going to ask you to – play a different deck or you won't get yeah, yeah you won't get invited back again. right yeah. so it's a it's a good qualifier um so using that exact example so and something that we do as as the beans as well so it's like oh okay like if it's if it's me you and chris uh, and shorty playing then you know we're, we're going to play our more tuned johnny timmy spiky decks yeah, but if sure. we're playing against a, a bunch of uh newer casual players where well, you pre-cons know, right yeah yeah you, you bust out a pre-con because they're flavorful um you know they're a bit more melvin and a, and a bit more borthos and um and you know that's more and uh, more enjoyable for you know the social aspect of the game rather than the competitive side exactly yeah most importantly, you can enjoy the game however you damn well please. That's right. That's right. And and that's the um that's what makes the game great. So yep. yeah. So if um if you will if you want to talk to us about what type of magic player you are, um there'll be a link to our Discord in the uh, yes. in the show notes here. There'll be a uh uh also you can send us an email. If you want to uh, get in touch with us that way, do people still send emails? I'm not sure. Uh, but uh, at Magic Beans Cast, uh, at, sorry, Magic Beans Cast at Gmail. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Magic Beans Cast. Joel, you're on Twitter. Yes, I am. I'm at Joel Hill underscore. And I'm at Chewy MTG. And um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this installment of our evergreen topic. Any parting thoughts, Joel? No, I'll put a link to um, the descriptions and, and kind of where I pulled this information from. Um, there's a like a wiki article that I got all this from. So, if people want to do some more reading, then I'll make that available to you. Excellent. Great. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Cheers.